leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we get the whole Todoroki family history. Um, It's a gut-wrencher. We're going to talk about it right after these ads. We have no control over. Leftovers. Or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhair Ali. I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. And as much as I love the Star Wars rendition on our Bad Batch coverage, man, you just got to come back to the classics. <laughs> <laughs> is right. that the best anime opener ever? That's the question right there. Is it, is it our theme song? Oh, do we need to have a, a Mount Rushmore of anime theme songs? Ooh. Or just theme songs. Top come and knock on our door <laughs> <laughs> we actually did that on an episode of um 323 with reed murphy it was a uh, top five theme songs but because i was representing animation deliberation mm-hmm. like i kept mine to anime only mm-hmm. um and it was it was so diverse like none of there was four people on the show that day and none of ours like hit like there was there was no repeats oh. it was pretty cool this sounds like a bonus episode at some point when we actually get free time that we just yeah. have to like go in on that. Spoilers. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, Scooby-Doo, and uh, Pokemon all showed up. Okay, I figured. Oh. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, well, I just... Complete while we're on this tangent, I will say SpongeBob had some of the best and most memorable songs of any TV show ever. So good. I just have to ask, was it every campfire song? (laughs) (laughs) Was it Scooby Doo or was it What's New Scooby Doo? Which one made the list? Both? Yes. Even for Pokemon, it was like the first three songs were all such bangers. So you be a master of Pokemon. Do you have the skills to be number one? I think I could only do the original. <laughs> no, those those original three were phenomenal. Ah, uh, well, tangent aside, we are here to talk <laughs> about My Hero Academia. Season six is going on. It is a gut wrencher, as Fabian and Chrissy have warned us. We had a lot of feedback from them. We covered it in the Bad Batch episode, season two, episode six. So if you want to hear their thoughts 
on Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and anime. Check that episode out. Uh, we love the numbers, so if you guys could give us a hand and show all the episodes some love, even if you're here just for the anime, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, anything that we need to talk about before we get to the synopsis? Or do we want to just dive right in? As, yeah, we we covered a lot of news in the aforementioned Bad Batch episode, so I say we just uh, dive right in. The water's warm. It is warm, very warm. It is boiling, boiling <laughs> warm from the Todoroki Flames, Season 6, Episode 17, The Wrong Way to Put Out a Fire. Take it away, Scoots. All right. The Todorokis reminisce on their past history that led them to this moment. Inji and Rei discovered that while Toya possessed a fire quirk greater than his father's, he had his mother's constitution, making him resistant to ice, but weak to his own fire. In an attempt to protect him, Inji ceased all training with Toya, but when that... Uh, but when that refused to deter him, he decided to have more kids to make him lose his resolve. After Natsu's birth, Shoto was born with the quirk combination Inji desired, to his joy and Toya's devastation. After an incident where Toya had a breakdown and nearly attacked Shoto, Inji banned all interaction between Shoto and the other siblings. By the time he was 13, Toya continued to grow more emotionally distraught with the siblings and mother, while also training his quirk to the point his fire grew from red to blue. He wanted to show his father his progress, but upon realization he had to continue. But upon the realization he had continued his training, a furious Angie took anger out on Ray. This reached her breaking point, resulting in the incident of Shoto's burning and her hospitalization, followed shortly after by Toya's supposed death, as his quirk went overload and burned the entire mountain down. In the present, Ray declares to Endeavor that he isn't the one suffering the most, and they all carry a small weight in Toya's downfall, so they will help deal with him together. Hawks and Best Genus then arrive, telling Endeavor about the current state of the world and requesting a team-up to help solve their problems together. Hawks then asks him about One for All, as Endeavor's mention of it during the battle with Shigaraki has spread to the public asking questions, leading him to tell them about Midoriya. Meanwhile, All Might continues to watch over Midoriya alone, knowing he is currently having a conversation with the predecessors of One for All. I gotta say, I knew that we would be getting a little more background at some point. I didn't think we'd be having like a full-fledged episode like this. I wasn't prepared for it, but I kind of love it. I loved every bit of it. I was about to say, it, it was deep, it was emotional, but it was such... An interesting layered story to see how we had the sprinkled nuggets of like each individual event that it touched on, but getting all of the other surrounding information just put it in such a different picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this felt like a soap opera, but in the best ways. Like I really felt connected to the Todoroki family, and I, I just really enjoyed how emotional and resonant it was. Like it, it started off feeling like the family members were being very punitive towards Endeavor, but as each one of them shared a little bit and like owned their own part in Toya's transformation to Dobby, it became very, very uplifting and empowering. And um, yeah, I just have a whole new respect for that entire family and Endeavor. It's, it's been really interesting seeing him go from this character that I really had a strong distaste for and for good reason but to see how nuanced he actually is. And while his motivations were not always the best and he was not always the best father, he 
Toya's transformation was not we were led to believe it was because he overtrained him. And while he did light this fire, as Toya said, it was kind of out of his control at that point. And so mm-hmm. I, on that level, I really felt for him as, as a father. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you don't necessarily condone the behavior, but even though they both went into this, knowing that it was a quirk marriage, like he cared mm-hmm. for his kids like it wasn't that it was all about getting the right result. He did care about his kids. He did want them to succeed and be healthy and this and that. But the trauma of having to watch his oldest son hurt himself the way that he did is kind of what got him to focus on being the hero. Mm-hmm. And then obviously because he was kind of running away from the problem at hand and running away from the family resulted him in actually doing stuff that physically and emotionally hurt their family. Mm-hmm. It was so it's one of those things where it's like you understand the steps that were taken and it is coming back to bite him. You just kind of wish it could have gone different for that family, especially watching Ray talk about how much Shoto saved them, mm-hmm. like despite his personality and despite like how we saw him at the beginning of the show, you know, TJ kind of talked about like the, the growth of everything, like for him to grow and develop this much to like do what he can to bring this family back together and stop his older brother as a family was, mm-hmm. was really, really powerful. Yeah. It, Talk about a complicated hero, especially when you talk about us as a fan, like, how do I root for this character anymore is very, very much an up in the air question. And now it's just, like you said, it's being unraveled, you feel for everything this family's coming to. But how they ever get over this, you know, insurmountable hurdle is going to be a very interesting piece of it. And like, yeah, it it makes sense. But it doesn't because like, yeah, he was trying to protect his kids, but he also put them in that position. So it it just Mm -hmm. continues to spring back and forth. You know, why didn't the mother, you know, protect because she couldn't do anything else that leads Mm -hmm. to Endeavor, you know, putting hands on her, which is the most, you know, heinous action of everything that he does throughout this episode. That was the moment I was like, I don't know if I can root for Endeavor anymore. Like that was the full breaking point was actually like hearing and seeing that happen. So there's just so much going on at this point that I get, like we said, we were warned it was going to be dark, but I don't know if I was prepared for it to go this deep down the rabbit hole. And now you have Dobby crying blood on the other side of this coin and we still have the question of how he got to be where he is and now what they actually think they're going to do to stop him as well Mm -hmm. um it's just gonna keep hammering home yeah and like mentioning the unraveling like one thing that stuck out to me is that we get a entirely new context to this whole situation with ray and the accident she had with shoto and like having suffered the the verbal and physical abuse abuse at Endeavor's hand where it doesn't matter who she's looking at when she sees those eyes, whether they're in anguish or anger, like they just elicit this reaction in her was like really, really powerful stuff. But 
And, and we talk about feeling for every single member of this family, but yeah, Toya Dobby is not excluded from this. Like seeing how he wrestled and, and questioned the reason that he exists and that part where he lashed out at his mother and said, you were, you're complicit in my birth and my creation. And the, the whole reason that I exist trying to create this perfect melding of quirks. And now that I can't live up to that, like, what am I supposed to do? I can't go make friends at school. Like everybody's talking about being a hero and just seeing the turmoil there was really, really tough. But yeah, it's, it's surprising to say, like I was endeared to Endeavor in in new ways, but I was also endeared to Toya and, and Dobby in new ways in this episode. So just incredible character work. Yeah, because yeah. when we when we first saw like the reveal of like who he was in this and that, it kind of sat in my head of like, if you were alive and this was an accident, why didn't you go back to your family? Mm-hmm. Like, what, where, where was it that you were just, you know, out in the woods practicing and then like you just left and became a villain, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was very powerful to see it just kind of like. It's like, oh, my dad doesn't care. He didn't show up. Like, I'm, I'm, am this because this is what he wanted me to be. And then just out of spite, obviously he loses control of his power for a little bit. But after feeling that level of pain too, like it, it all comes back to like this is his fault. This is his fault. I hate him. It's still weird calling him NG instead of Endeavor. Like I forget he has a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really just all he wanted to do was make his dad proud. Did he take it a step too far? For sure, you know, putting yourself in harm's way is not going to be the answer and going, you know, that level of you could see the crazy Dobby eyes even Mm -hmm. when he was only, you know, 12 and 13. So it it was all there and it was just really the straw that broke the camel's back in a way, especially, you know, understanding how great his power could turn out to be that he would just completely lose control of the situation. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's a totally different perspective because I I agree. You would think he would go back to his family, but seeing how broken they were was definitely a piece of that. That it's like, okay, I guess you wouldn't. And I guess you would want to, you know, plot this revenge, especially seeing essentially your father live your dream, having him be raised to, okay, you're going to surpass All Might. You're going to become the number one hero to have Endeavor do that before he can. Mm. That only has to screw it pun intended add flame to the fire Uh um because it's only gonna get worse from there as that starts to you know descend into the madness further yeah there's a lot of um relatability with this as well because like you know my me and my parents are from pakistan so it was a pretty cultural household like i was kind of like that that middle of like the pakistani household and like understanding american culture and finding like that balance between them but my dad always had like that cultural mindset of having to go to work every day you know he was home like after i already went to bed and my mom was the one that was like invested in everything i was doing and i didn't do great in school like grades were not my strong suit so whenever i would you know do bad in school or get her to do something it was always like like why did you let that happen why did you let him do this why did you let the kids do that as opposed to like communicating with me and understanding my hobbies and my interests and my schoolwork and my growth and this and that. And it still is that way. Like he'll try to talk and just kind of be like, 
dude, it's going in one ear and out the other. Like I'm explaining as a formality at this point. Like I understand that you don't get it. Whereas my mom is like super invested and actually like keeps track of it. So it's like, that's why when I say it's like, I understand, but I don't condone. It's like, you see, we, Scoots, you and I talked about last week about so many similarities with real world issues. So Mm -hmm. seeing that like really hit home of just kind of like, oh yeah, I get it. (laughs) This makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you bringing that up and I find it uh, like kind of similar, but not, not the same with the the cultural difference there. But yeah, I, I think I found this struggle between a father and son so relatable as well, because like, a little bit about me. Like I'm a, I'm a junior. I was actually born on the same day as my dad. We have the same birthday. So there's always been this notion of like kind of living in my dad's shadow and he's mellowed out um, as he's gotten older. We have a, a good relationship and I've forged my own identity a little bit more so, but growing up, there was like this high expectation and this like standard to live up to, to be my father's son. And I, I remember bringing home a report card one time and I got all A's except for one B in math. Math has, has always been my like weakest subject. And I remember his response was, you couldn't have made that one B and A, huh? And like how that just like crushed mm-hmm. me. And it's like, <laughs> I did so good. And it's just this one area. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a B. It's not even that bad. But uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a tale as old as time. You know, sons, sons and fathers and the inherit struggle that is that is there um so yeah I, I appreciate you bringing that up and kind of like giving me the realization of why i maybe it tugged at my heartstrings as much as it did mm-hmm. yeah and i think also at the end of the day we talk about father and son but also you know the sibling situation the way sure. that as soon as the other siblings were born you know having to deal with suddenly not being the center of attention like i you know, remember misbehaving myself when my younger sister was born, like, Hey, I'm over here. Why aren't you paying attention to me? It's like, no, there are other priorities. So Mm -hmm. I could only imagine how exacerbated those things must get the minute that not only is the new child, you know, a part of the family, but the new child is the favorite. The new child is what, you know, you wanted to be because always making sure that, you know, my grandparents didn't compare me to my sister. We were two different people was like Mm. the biggest thing that like my parents tried to do growing up because the minute that you put that pressure on a child to live up to some crazy expectation that another child has set, it's just only going to cause turmoil, only going to cause, you know, divides between the siblings, between the family. So yeah, I could only imagine even if Toya was, you know, didn't turn into Dobby, what would his relationship with Shoto have even been? You know, how disjointed would it have been? Would it have looked like his, you know, the way Shoto interacts with his other siblings at this point that, you know, it's not a good relationship because he was the favorite, because he was put through entirely different treatment than they were. Even if Toya had stayed around, I can't imagine it would have been a good thing. Mm. Two other things that made me cringe was the way that, Angie reacted when the doctor said that this is taboo when he was talking about like the yeah the the, the designer baby mm. and the look that he gave Ray oh after after the third after Natsu was born the way that he just side-eyed her and it was like you you know how babies are born so you can only imagine what she had to go through, like with that rage and determination, like 
dude, that was scary. Like it was thinking about like what she had to go through it, like right after that point, like no wonder she was hospitalized. Like that has got to be beyond traumatizing. Like the her standing in front of him after thinking about that is so much more baffling that she had the courage to do it. Holy crap. I was not feeling right when I saw that look and I was like, oh no, I know it's about to go down. No, 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 no. Yeah, he looks more monstrous and villainous than some of our primary antagonists that we've had in the show so yeah, far. It was, was really not comfortable. Unsettling, yeah. Yeah. But on a bright side of things, um, how did you guys feel about seeing Hawks' like feathers starting to come back and yeah. something like engaging his back? Oh yeah, the the minute that his jacket just started to bulge underneath as he's like, okay, we gotta get the fight going. Like that was just yeah. him flexing all the muscles. It was like, okay, let's do this, you know. Having that confirmation that his wings yeah. do indeed grow back after fire, uh, was definitely a good note. I can't take the the text to talk seriously though. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to. They always right. do the one thing that just kind of lightens the load a little bit and that was it. <laughs> just a uh. quick not only that but then like the interactions with bakugo again he's still kind of doing the same thing he's been doing the last couple of episodes but it's nice to get a little bit of levity there and even the exchange with like best gene is still calling him by his like full name explosion murder god yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see the way Fropy looked, though? She was so fed up with Bakugo. She was just like, are you serious right now that I have to be holding on to this? And they, they were like, thanks, Fropy. You did it for us. She, could, she was just like, why? So done. They have to work in shifts and just restraining him. Uh-huh. Uh. I do love the transition work that they've been doing with this, because first it was like the overall picture of what's happening. And then they ended the episode on Endeavor, knowing that we were going to talk about that a little bit. And now they like literally moved down the hall down to Midoriya. All Might gave a little snippet of like what we should be expecting next week. And like we're moving into that story. So instead of like hopping back and forth between them so much, I like that each one is getting their own fraction of time and it feels natural and it's all quality. Like we're loving every bit of it. And then it's like, all right. We're letting you know we finished up with this one. Here's what's going on in the next bit. Yeah, and I I also like the tease because I was kind of concerned at the start of this back half of the season when they're like, oh, he hasn't woken up yet, that it was going to be, you know, we've seen the story a dozen times where they're all like, oh, no, is the hero going to come back? What's going to happen? It's like he's the main character. Of course, he's waking up from the coma to have this confirmation of, oh, there's a reason he's talking to the previous you know, uh, one for all users. So he's probably going through some big deal thing. And then he's going to wake up with some new mindset, some way that he has to, you know, figure this out. It's going to be a big avatar state thing. You know, presumably I'm assuming zoo hair has like watched the preview for the next episode, the way that he's looking at me. Oh, (laughs) it's no, it's knowing the name of the arc. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I know a little bit of what's to come. In I don't know if it. you listened to last week's episode because I gave a warning. It's like, hey, if you don't want to know, like hit that skip button now. Um, but knowing that name of the arc and uh, stuff that Fabian said in his feedback email, which we covered on Bad Batch season two, episode six. So make sure you give that a listen. Um, 
I don't feel like Midoriya is going to come out of this with an optimistic mindset. I feel like this is going to be very difficult conversations that is going to be going on with the vestiges. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I just... I, I'm curious who is going to be on what side of those conversations, because we haven't gotten to know really any of the characters besides mm-hmm. uh, Nana Shimura. And even that, like she might be like, screw it, let's go for revenge. So I'm really hoping that we get more of these characters, that we get to dig into them, understand their motives, and understand you know what their path to being a hero was like, and see how that molds what's going to happen. Because um, I also wish, I love that All Might's alive, but I wish All Might could be a part of that conversation. Well, I, I thought it was interesting that he was saying like he could feel himself as a previous user, like within Midoriya, like that, that's really interesting to me. Mm. And I want to see how that plays out. Yeah. I, I want to see him with the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. But like his buffed up version is like inside. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. a, and the only reason I don't think we're necessarily going to get that was his previous comments that he's made of like, Oh, I've never talked to the other users. That's, that's new. So I, I'm not necessarily confident that this is going to be his moment that he becomes a part of the conversation. I don't expect him to be, but I would love it if he is. Oh, yes. There's agreed. Just, there's just that monument with the sign that says, I'm not here. Just mm. off in the desk. <laughs> sorry. It was there. I had to. Oh, it was God. in poor taste. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't uh, yeah. Yeah. That scene hurt me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Gallows humor. It's how I, uh, I cope. <laughs> it, it, it hurt me right here. <laughs> right where did he heart. hurt you where did he hurt you right there show us on this doll where right, right on the nightwing logo <laughs> uh, oh that hurt my shoulder a little bit <laughs> careful careful okay um any other thoughts expectations predictions we need to get out there i think i've i've said my piece on this episode it's just it can't be understated the emotional toll of this one it was really a standout episode in terms of just really delivering that drama. And it, it's not to spoil the bad, bad batch episode too much, but this is kind of like filled in what I was looking for in terms of like a really rich character story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, my only last thoughts are I, I am excited for this character story. I want, to see how this action unfolds though. And I am very, very anxious to now that we've had this tease of, okay, well, civilians are taking up arms and heroes are quitting left and right. Like the fact that we only have the top three saying, Hey, we're going to band together and do this. Like we don't need more. Shouldn't there be more manpower involved? And like how many of these villains are we going to be able to take down like that kind of nonsense? I am dropping things. I'm so anxious about what's going to happen here. Um, I'm bad, Deku. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I want to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's all that and more. And yeah, just it's what these heroes have to do. And my one thing, since I wasn't on last week uh, to talk about, I I want more of the washing machine hero. That's my one wish. Oh yeah, we wash. Got to, 
we got to see them do things and me and my friend Jillian have just been like, what is the washing machine here? What is their power? And the fact that we haven't seen their power, I give us more of that. Give us more of the quirks and all these other things on that light note of like, she uses bubble beam. Yeah. Use bubble beam as our stain, stain removing powers. That's it. Oh, we have, perfect. We've peaked. The show can end here after 150 some odd episodes. We're done. We're never going to say anything funnier than that right there. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, but they've been good about the comedic relief and, you know, some great lines out of it. Endeavor and everyone. I really, really want to like see an ad for that now. Like, there's got to be some, like, Japanese detergent company that's got to be using that. Have you guys seen the the plane that has the demon slayer art on the side and when mm-hmm. they're landing it's the voice actors like nezuko get ready for landing and you know skate's like flipping out in the plane and all that stuff hmm. yeah, yeah it's... See that? next time i see it on reels i'll send it to you it was awesome <laughs> um but my quick final thoughts is uh my prediction is that we're gonna have two maybe three more episodes of character development before we get back into dealing with the villains and action related stuff because it's like we still haven't talked about the fact that like these are students in a school is school the mm. school still commencing like is the sidekick and business side of things still going mm. um are they well, missing classes right now like how do you go back into the day-to-day life of being a student after dealing with all this i don't think this was a summer break adventure well right? i mean at this point one of their teachers is dead one of their teachers has no leg and no eye uh, the rest of the teachers are all huddled around them, making sure they're okay. We don't even know who some of the other teachers are, so I'm gonna guess that there's no school going on right now. That's just a that's a hunch, but I don't. I agree. I don't know how you get back. Hero courses, so there could still be like yeah. The business school is just still sitting there, like man, we had to go to class today. Well, everybody else is out doing things. Why don't we get a snow day? <laughs> <laughs> the snow yeah. of your comrade's blood jeez um dude <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty well uh glad that we could have some laughs in this in this pretty uh emotionally heavy episode once again so uh yeah uh anything we need to let the listeners know about before we get out of here if we don't take action too seriously <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks as always for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. B plus ultra. And as always, stay whelmed. Shoto! And (laughs) muscle, muscle. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Jared, we make it easy this Valentine's Day to find the perfect gift of stunning jewelry. With our price match guarantee and trusted in-store financing, you'll never have to worry about getting an unbeatable price you'll love on gifts they'll love even more. That's the Jared difference. Best selection, best prices, and a lifetime diamond guarantee. Visit Jared today and see how we're here for all of life's brilliant moments. Jared, love brilliantly. Diamond guarantee requires six-month inspections at Jared. Visit jared.com slash radio for details.